All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 302 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. Today I'm joined by Daniel Wees on the board. Hi there. We've got a very happy St. Louis kiss. Lonnie finally got a quarterback. Hootie! Hootie! <laughs> yeah. It was great. Yeah, I could see your joy yesterday on Facebook, and, you know, I, w- <laughs> I wish you the very best. They probably will trade him today for something like a garbage can. <laughs> trade, but... him for an off- <laughs> trade him for an offensive lineman today or something. Yeah. Cause... <laughs> the, the, the neighbors who were on the fence that thought I was out of my mind, it got confirmed last night when I ran around the house with my Bengals flag after they drafted him. <laughs> Well, Naked. Good. You, you should you should have a happy moment before they even play a game. That's the way. You've had your joy for the season in I one need moment. Something. And of course, like two and fourteen. I need, give me something. Going from the voice of no reason to the voice of reason, uh, Ken <laughs> Sixty <laughs> Blizzard. So I I I'm really hoping that none of you have been drinking detergent this morning. Not a good thing. Lay off no, the Clorox. Stay healthy. Um, you mean that won't work? No, apparently not, but, you know, don't take any risks. Don't take my word for it. Let me just close this medical file. Um, Let's see here. We got news. Yeah, we got news. Mike Brunn put up an excellent interview with uh, Bruce Kulick and Lisa Lane yesterday, so you can find links for that all over the place because Mike is very good at putting links of that all over the place. Um, But do check it out. Very fun. Uh, Also, yesterday, Ken Sharp did a starving artist acoustic set on facebook and he pinged me and said hey check it out when i do it and so i tuned in heard one of his new songs which i really dig uh but then he dedicated a a rendition of mr make-believe from gene's Mm. solo album uh which was absolutely cool so i put up a video of that on the faq feed um and he's recording an album at the moment or trying to record an album. So check out his catalog, chuck him a few pennies or dollars if you can, as he's an independent musician like Mark. And I always like to support musicians, especially ones who have such a strong kiss connection like Ken does and all that he's done for the community. All right. So how's everyone doing? Everyone ready for some, uh, we're going to go with a Lonnie topic today. So, uh, get, get things kicked off with that. Lonnie. You know, your topic's pretty cool, and I'm just going to read your, your, your topic out that we, we've decided to discuss at the top of this show, and it's, we often talk about kiss regrets, things, events that you wish you would have attended, but given the state of the world, let's be positive. Who are? Um, what are your top three or five kiss events that you've attended that you wouldn't trade the memories of for anything? So, Lonnie, tell us why you think we need to be so positive, and give us your you feedback. Know, I, oh, obviously, I think we, we try to need to try to stay positive with everything that's going on in the world. And there's so much negativity and uncertainty surrounding, you know, the world right now. So, you know, let's give our listeners some, some positive news and some positive vibes. Let's, let's talk about some good things. You know, we often, we often talk about kiss regrets or I hate this album. I hate that song or, you know, let's, let's try to do something uplifting given the state of the world. So that's why I, I wanted to do that. And, you know, so I was thinking about, we often talk about regrets. So let's let's think about things that we we wouldn't trade for anything. It's memories of the of of seeing the band or or expos you went to and you got to meet a certain member of the band and you know how it 
just confirmed all your thoughts about him that man he it really is a a down the earth great person so you know or or concerts you went to that you went on a road trip and you know bonded with you know either you know one of your best friends or or met one of your best friends or something at at a kiss event so i was thinking about that and there's there's one event that there, there, there are several, but one of them that sticks out to me is um, in 2007, Kiss did that hit and run tour of just like three or four dates. And they, one of the shows they did was in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. And I often, I've mentioned that on the show before that I went to that show. And it was, it would have been a 12 hour drive from where I live to Sault Ste. Marie. And I really wanted to do it because I hadn't seen the band really hadn't toured America since 2004. So then, you know, three years since I'd seen the band, just really wanted to go. So I bought tickets. Um, we were like seven rows from the stage. And my, I didn't really have someone to go with. So I ended up going with my brother. He said, I'll go with you. He was, well, we might get a guy's weekend. We'll go together. So instead of, driving the whole way we flew from st louis to detroit you know the short flight pretty cheap flight during the week from st louis to detroit um spent the night in detroit and then drove from detroit up to Sault st marie it was a really pretty it was really you know scenic drive up through um up through michigan you know in the summertime and you know we, we got there and we got to see the band it was great the, the, that Go look at that set list. It's fantastic what they play. You just some really classic kiss. And from there we went, and then the next day we went and looked at the uh, the Sioux Locks, where a lot of these massive ships dock outside the city. And we went to a uh, Detroit Tigers baseball game the next before we. I, was just in fantastic. Um, one reason why that show really stands out to me is because it was it was the first show of that little four 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 date tour. And now when you go see a show, you know what the set list is going to be. And we I had no idea, you know, what they were going to play from song to song to song. It was just a surprise all night. It, it reminded me about being a kid and going to a concert and seeing a show that. You didn't know what the next song they're what what's next what's the next song they're gonna play, or you know I mean Julian had that experience when he went to the first show of the uh, end of the road because you didn't know what the setlist was gonna be and you don't get to experience that very often anymore. It's a really it's a really neat feeling not knowing and the excitement of what are they gonna play next? What are they gonna play next? And they break into Come On and Love Me and like my brother and I like start punching each other like I can't believe they're playing Come On and Love Me. It's so <laughs> awesome. So. But going to that show with him, and, and I go to well, most of the kiss shows I go to are either with my wife or with him. He's, you know, but that experience of going with him and, and bonding with him was just, I'll never forget that show forever. It's like my, one of my highlights, period. Nice. What a wonderful story. In the middle of that, your Wi Fi and honor went all Canadian as well. Um, so that was, that was I'm very. I'm on Wi Fi. I'm not going to for as much trouble as I give Mark. It's perfect. <laughs> Daniel, how about you? Uh, well, uh, Lonnie had a lot of great points. Uh, one of them being uh, not knowing the set list when you enter a concert. I've been really big on that the last few years. I have stayed away from YouTube when I'm attending concerts. And 
sort of re-experiencing the feeling back in the in the 90s when I, I went to shows. But it's hard to stay away, you know, when they when when they start a tour and you you want to see it all. But uh, last time they were here in uh, actually last year, uh, I was in Norway and 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 saw a show and I managed to stay away most of the time from the internet and YouTube and I didn't really know what they were going to play. You guys uh, gave away a few a few songs, of course, when we discussed. Uh, uh, from time to time, but uh, I think that's a great point. Not knowing the set list is uh, really important when you watch a concert, to me at, at least. So uh, that was a great experience. But the best experience I have to say was the first time I saw Kiss. No surprise, it was uh, the first time I attended a huge event, a big concert. And um, when you go with your friends, you know, childhood friends growing up together, listening to Kiss, waiting to see them. You have to remember Kiss uh, was here in 88, and then they didn't come back until the reunion tour. So I hadn't seen them at all. And then we went to the reunion concert, and it was awesome. And uh, if you think back, I think it's hard to top the uh, amount of excitement all around, you know, the city, uh, Stockholm. There were, you know, masked men over all over the place and um, the newspapers front front page all the time and great reviews as well i didn't think they were that good that they wrote in the paper but uh, you know uh it was an excellent show so it's hard to top that one and there are more memories but it often comes back to live experiences meeting people uh, uh getting new friends and uh, you know that same stuff but but the biggest one is uh, the reunion concert, even though it wasn't my favorite lineup. It was the event in itself. Uh, you can't top it really. And also, another important thing, the audience. Audiences, audiences, audiences is, how do you say it in plural? Audiences. Audiences, audiences. yeah. yeah uh, aren't the same way these days. Uh, far from it. So that... You know, being a kid, going to the concert and finding yourself being moved by 35,000 people, you know, 50 meters to the side in 10 seconds. Uh, it was kind of cool. Uh, I've never experienced that uh, in later years. So that's that's my best memory. Very cool. And I, I love how you and Lonnie are kind of setting a theme here. Um, Ken, how about you? Well, you know what? I'm going to stick with that theme. Um, uh, it's, you know, it's one of the, the best experiences. Um, it, it would be, and what, what was the, uh, 28th anniversary yesterday, I guess, of the kiss at the stone, uh, club, wow. the club in, in the club tour for the, re, just before the revenge tour, they did the club tour and the first, very first show of the club tour was in San Francisco at the stone, a club called the stone. And I was lucky enough to get a ticket to that. And, um, the thing about that is, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect either. Uh, except for, I knew we had a new drummer and this was his first, the very first performance with kiss. Um, so Eric Singer was the new drummer and it was cool seeing that. That was experience being crammed and like sardines in the club. Uh, all of us 
you know, sweaty, sweaty bodies, <laughs> you know, uh, rubbing up. It was all, you know, it was pretty warm in there at the time, and that club, it got pretty warm. Um, and then the set list, like you were talking about, is the the songs that they pulled out um, for it. And I, I just brought it up here. Like, they played songs like Parasite, Strutter, uh, just some songs that they hadn't played, plus the new songs, Unholy, Take It Off. Um, they've also played Firehouse and uh, I Stole Your Love. Yeah. Um, I Want You. <laughs> so these are a lot of songs, and plus some other that kind of semi-deep cuts. So, I mean, there's 22 songs, and I, I came out after me and my buddy who I went with at the time uh, after we left that we thought man that was freaking awesome that was a, just an awesome just blew me away I mean and there's no again there's no effects or anything going on it's just them playing heavy duty hard rock right in front of you and and that was fantastic and the other thing about it too was cool is yeah, the album hadn't come out yet. We just saw the Unholy video. So what happened is, you know, when we're walking in, there's a long line, and we're walking in, you know, one by one. And once we got inside before the show started, yeah, they're playing music. I'm like, what the heck is that? I hear, yeah, that's Gene. But I never heard that song before. And it was, you know, Thou Shall Not was playing at that time. So it was, at that time, it was playing the second half of the album. And I was like, holy crap, this is good, <laughs> you know. I'm like, I'm really excited, even more excited about the album after, you know, even Unholy was got me excited. But after the, hearing more, it's like, oh, man, this is going to be great. So that was one of my uh, favorite experiences that I would want to, you know. <laughs> yeah, that set list was magic. You know, it was like the Hot in the Shade tour on steroids. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It was, it was you very, you, you very left off uh, the, the wimpy songs from Hot in the Shade and... and uh, added a few rockers yeah there's no uh, I forever think it was on there or anything they just they they blew through it i mean yeah. it was just one rocker after another yeah and like 1973 they were back in leather in a club just relying oh, yeah. on, on yeah, the power of music full circle yeah. yeah so yeah full circle exactly i mean because the hot in the shade tour obviously was fantastic but those yes. club dates that they did for revenge were you know beyond superlatives hey hey i'm back nice of you back to join as well we've got my my mine i think for now is my favorite memory because it's fresh and it's recent and it continues in the same theme of everything that daniel um lonnie and ken have already spoken about concerts and going to one and it's this year's end of the road tour in oakland and it's not just the fun stuff that happened before it is the show and only the show obviously i'm there with friends front row and the guy on one side of me is on the screen here and the guy who's on the other side of me i never met in my life but he was just so much fun throughout the whole show that it was impossible for it not to just seep in security in front of us was really cool but being front row putting the camera away putting other devices away just letting the show and the moment envelop you and to really appreciate the majesty of the performance and you know making eye contact with paul and gene and tommy and eric as well during the show 
just being letting go as well and i was just going nuts pretty much for the whole show which i i'm not generally you know a wild animal at, at a show but front row that day just magical and if that was my last kiss what a hell of a last kiss it was because that those memories of the joy of the performance of the experience of everything that was wrapped up in it you know heading home on bart and you know just being so kind of jazzed by the whole thing you know i didn't come down for days you know and and to have really laid off the beer as well for the show and just got to enjoy it without any of that just absolutely made a, a massive difference in my appreciation of the show after having seen you know several dates during the tour for it to be as fresh and as vibrant and invigorating and as exciting wasn't bored for a moment loved every single second of that show i wish anyone who's gone to a concert could have that feeling wish you could put it in a bottle sell it that feeling this is my ultimate kiss experience drink you know, yeah. comes with rose tinted glasses. But isn't that a bottle of beer? No, nope. Doesn't okay. come anywhere near those feelings. You you can't you no, can't, you can't find a substitute for that, as you've said by your experience, as Lonnie has by his, and as Ken said by his. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's gonna start playing with that damn feature there is now. That. There wait, there. Am I, wait, am I there? Where was I? I was. Trying to see. I can't remember where I was. Let's see. Oh, is it too too high? Uh, I think it got cut off on that picture. There you go. That's that's anyway, fair enough. That was yeah, it. yeah. That was that was super fun. All right, Daniel. Let's go back to you for your second. Well, it's hard to top that one, and uh, I mean, it's in the same realm, so to speak. It's live concerts, and. Um, being surprised again. So, so I really have to give a shout out to Gene's solo tour that I went to. I mean, for years, I remember we were talking about what we wanted to see from a, a Gene Simmons tour, not thinking it, it would ever happen. I remember us going through set lists and, and, and giving suggestions. And to my surprise, a whole lot of the uh, suggestions I had or uh, the things I wanted to hear ended up in the set list like three or four years later or whatever it was. And um, same again, I didn't watch many shows on YouTube. I stayed away uh, and I became surprised for real when I heard a few of the songs, especially some of my favorite songs from the early 80s that that I never thought I would hear. Uh, And I didn't put away my camera, but I filmed myself. I think that's even better to, to have as a memory. Instead of filming the band, everyone everyone's filming the band. But making a short film of yourself in that moment of euphoria that you can't really uh, you can't really get in that state of mind at any other point of time. Just to not a long film, but just to have like ten seconds when you're singing along with uh, songs from Lick It Up that you never thought you you would hear again. Uh, I think that's awesome. So, so from time to time, I go back and I watch that little film I made with a few snippets from songs that I really enjoyed. And I can remember how it was. And as you said, Julian, the guys around you, because it's mostly guys, 
you know, you sing together into the camera and you never see them again. But at that very moment, you're one. You know, we are one. You feel like I've never been religious, but that's the closest thing to it. You know, I, I get the feeling of unity and uh, believing in the same thing, you know. Uh, of all of your heart <laughs> it might seem real silly to some people but to me it isn't more silly than believing stuff that was written 1700 years ago or so so i think and it's all, all awesome com- it all comes from the same root it's tribalism it's yeah. believing in a common yeah. thing yeah. it's yeah, standing it's so for the same beautiful. beliefs so it it's the same it's just on a different level so but it's all from the same root ken what about you for another one of your picks uh, another pick would be probably, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the, I would say the Gene Simmons vault, uh, experience. Um, he's always been, you know, the, the favorite, uh, since the beginning and, and then being able to, uh, go down there, um, and see, you know, meet all, you know, you were down there and other people that we've maybe know online and stuff like that, meet those people uh, while waiting to get into the vault. Um, And then being able to go into the, the capital capital records building. And then the studios where legends have, I mean, recorded music, you know, beach boys, Frank Sinatra, the list goes on all, all kinds of people. Um, and then finally getting in there and you're just in there and and with your your new partner um your one guest and you get that one-on-one time and uh to uh, have a little chat i mean fortunately we were one of the early ones the third ones in so they hadn't cut it back on the time uh, uh that you could spend with gene in there and it was just just kind of surreal um having that little extra time and meeting him talking about you know his influences in music and and stuff like that and and whatnot and uh it was just it just so pleasurable just to and then say thank you to him you know for all the years of music since the beginning and and because you know, that's probably got me through a lot of hard times and, you know, uh, makes you forget about all those bad things that are going on at the time, maybe, or what's going on in the world when you listen to the music or go to the shows or whatever. Um, it's, it's that release that that's needed and kiss has been always been that. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was just one of the greatest experiences. I'm glad it was worth, worth every penny i mean you're saying people were saying oh yeah you're paying two thousand for a vault but it's not just the vault uh vault maybe I, i'm gonna call you know five hundred dollars worth of it and then the rest is the the experience and meeting gene and then afterwards when it, and then everyone else showed up ace and bruce and and eric you know and uh and getting even pictures with all three of them <laughs> while I was there. So so it it was just a great deal. A great a great uh, experience. So that's one of the big ones I wouldn't you know give up. Yeah. 
No, we were lucky. That's uh, without a doubt. And vaults are up on eBay now for 500 bucks. So <laughs> seriously, there are some that. there are some being cleared. You can still buy directly from jeansimmonsvault.com, but uh, you can get discounted ones on uh, eBay. I think in the last week there were five listed by, uh, by really? the same seller for 500. So it looks like a little bit of liquidation may be happening for those who are still interested in it. And I think they were generically signed as well. So, um, but not obviously dedicated. Yeah, my next one's really simple, very quick. And when I thought about this topic as presented by Lonnie, he said your top KISS events. Now, that's such a broad definition to me <laughs> yeah. that I really had one where I had to think about, you know, what were the ones that left the strongest emotions? And we go back to the beginning of my fandom with the band, and that was after becoming a fan finding out that there was a new Kiss album coming out and getting on my bicycle and riding down to Music City in Binghamton, New York to buy Crazy Nights. The excitement, the anticipation, um, all of the emotions that you've suddenly gotten really into something and started discovering a band's history and their back catalog, and here they have something new. So for the very first time, you're getting to experience new music from a band that's starting to become important to you. And getting down there, holding it. I mean, it was like, holy grail. It's like, ah, a new Kiss album. And slowly peeling the wrapper off, and we'll leave it there. Because, yeah. obviously, putting Crazy Nights into a tape deck. <laughs> <laughs> it went downhill. It takes it straight back down. But, you know, just, just the excitement of the first time. And then oh, yeah. I had, you know, same feeling for when Smash came out. <laughs> Hot in the shade. You guys in the yeah. 70s were lucky. Yeah. But those had the same reaction. <laughs> yeah. So so there there you go. But just that excitement of the very first fresh kiss. Uh, Lonnie, yours. That's a, that's a good one, too. Um, makes me want to almost change my pick. But I'll stick with what I originally had. And that was, you know, there's so many good concerts, you know. And I go back to, like, with what Daniel said, like, the when he saw him on the reunion tour, was that was the first time I saw him, was on the third show of the reunion tour here in St. Louis. And that was amazing. That's up there. But I, th I think above that is when I saw him on Rock the Nation tour um, in St. Louis in 04. And it, again, kind of echoing some of the things you guys were saying is that, you know, Kiss, is, Kiss means different things to different fans. And Kiss has gotten us through difficult times like you know like maybe one we're in right now and you know it's different different and it got us through different difficult uh, personal times too and in 2004 is when i got divorced and i had moved back home and i was just really just kind of at a, at a loss of where i was going in life and and kiss toured that summer and my brother and i um got platinum tickets he, my brother's like you know what? we're gonna do something cool we're gonna do something fun together you know, we're going to pick you up out of this depression that you're in. We're going to get platinum tickets. We're going to go. So we did. We had, you know, we uh, both of us took the day off of work. We went to Six Flags during the day and just had a just a just a, you know, another good bonding experience type type of deal. And then um, went to the show and my brother was upset. He didn't get to watch all of Poison because we had to go meet the band. I was like, dude, it's fucking Poison. <laughs> So let's see. Do I want to meet the band or do I want to see? I, I mean, come on. Really? It's going to be during Poison? Like, do you really need to hear Unskinny Bop another time? Come on. 
But and then but that meet and you know, I've done several meet and greets, but that one was really cool because it was really early on in, in the meet and greets. And there's only like a dozen of us backstage, you know, and I've been to a meet and greet. I've been to a meet and greet like in Chicago where there's 200 of us backstage and they just follow you in like cattle. Mm. But um, there's only 12 there's only 12 of us there. And like the band comes out and it's just like all of a sudden they're there and they're just first time. And it was the first time I had met any member of I, well, the first time I met Gene or Paul, I'd met Eric previously, but I'd never met Gene or Paul before. And they come out and it's just like, oh, my God, there they are right in front of my face. And they, they walk out and the road and the tour manager goes, OK, um, we're going to line you up for pictures. And then um, and everybody lined up for pictures. And then everybody's just standing around. Everybody had a few things in their hands and they just say, OK, go meet the band. And you just walk up to them and start talking to them. And it wasn't like. Oh, two things, two things. I mean, they would stand there and sign whatever you wanted to. If you had half a dozen or a dozen things, they'd stand there and just talk to you and, you know, answer a question you might have and things like that. And just, you know, Kiss had just done those in your face shows in, in Australia a couple months prior playing at those small clubs down there in those theaters. And I remember asking Gene, is there any thoughts of doing some of those in the United States? Because, like, man, I'd be all over that. You know, it'd be awesome to see kiss in a club and makeup doing some rare tracks like they did in australia and he's like well you know it's something we've talked about you know but like everything else it takes time i remember him telling me that and, you know and i was so giddy meeting them and like when when i got my picture with them gene could like tell that i was just like beside myself <laughs> so so much so that he, he like one, one of the pictures um that they took has gene giving me like a wet willy he has his finger in my ear because he could just tell i was just like <laughs> out of my mind because I was a super fanboy. And then the show that night was just incredible too. You know, we often talk about the Rock the Nation tour and that set list and how it was cool because it was different and they played different songs when they had been playing basically the same set list during the reunion and Psycho Circus and Farewell Tour. It was such a breath of fresh air for that set list. And we we sat down, backing up a little bit, we sat down that night. We're sitting in the third row and my brother looks at me and he goes, we paid $1,000 to be here, and we're sitting in the third row. Who the hell sits in the front row? <laughs> and there's no one sitting in the front row. No one. And we're like, what, what, do, I, what do I got to do? And one by one, Rhodey started bringing down girls mm -hmm. and putting them in the front row. And Ty goes, well, I don't have a set of tits. That's why I'm not in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> so, but again, you know, it just, you know. And kind of echoing what Daniel was saying, just like the bonding experience and like, you know, everybody, everybody believes in the same thing. And everybody is just, you, you know, you know, we believe in this and, and here they are. And it's just it's just the concerts themselves to me is just the best part about it. And meet and, you know, and meeting the band that night was just something I'll, I'll never forget. And then sharing that experience with with my brother, so who introduced me to the band, and you know, on and on. So just. You know, things things I would never memories I would wouldn't trade for anything. Nice. All right, Daniel, let's go back to you for a final choice, and you might have to get creative because yours have been excellent. Uh, I I wish uh, I had a brother like that. Seems like a great brother. He's great. Yeah, uh, but I I don't. So um, well, I don't know what I'm going to tell you now. Maybe what Julian said made me think. Uh, you know, anticipation. It's a big part. In German, they have a word called Vorfreude. I don't know what you say in English, if, if there's even a word for it. But uh, 
the feeling before the actual event, so to speak. Uh, you know, when you're going to a concert, it's almost as strong a feeling before the concert has even started. And I think that feeling is hard to attain these days when you're a grown-up in the same way. But I remember quite a few times when uh, Kiss uh, created that feeling for me. And, uh, of course, at live shows you had that feeling. Uh, when you were anticipating albums, uh, like Julian said, for me it was the Revenge album. Left my friend uh, alone at the... Uh, uh, what do you say, a golf course hmm. uh, in the midst of a game uh, and ran home to get the album. It was coming by, coming by mail, so <laughs> left him hanging there. But, but, um, but I, I would like to give a shout-out to persons that meant a whole lot to me during um, the mid-90s, where when news were slow, um, didn't really happen much, at least here in Europe. You had the short tour of the UK in 92. I missed that one. And then there weren't a whole lot of KISS events here before the re reunion. But there was one thing that always uh, got me this feeling of, um, you know, this uh, Forfreude uh, anticipation feeling. And it was the KISS magazines. Uh, the guys mm. who spent time on creating these beautiful KISS magazines, uh, uh, like Kiss Firehouse from Canada, yeah. I got that one, and uh, Strike Magazine from mm -hmm. that Italian guy. And I remember getting one of those in the mail and reading it maybe twice at least uh, and getting news because it, in the Internet had just started, you know, when the Kiss Asylum and Kiss Araku or whatever, however you pronounce it, when when they started, you didn't really need the magazines in the same way but before that before the internet started those magazines were gold i mean getting those and some of i actually still to this day buy buy them when i see them on 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 the swedish equivalent to to ebay uh i have this sort of a rule i can't spend more than you know 20 bucks on a kiss thing because uh i mean I'm a grown-up and I have children. I have to, you know. <laughs> you guys don't seem to follow the same rules, but, but I, I try at least most of the time because it seems insane to buy a six sixth uh, version of Revenge for a few hundred bucks. I can't do that. I mean, uh, I can't do that. But there are a lot of stuff that are that is kind of cheap. And these magazine scenes are one of those. So I recently got one, and I, it was almost the same feeling. It was one from 1990 that I hadn't read. Uh, it was uh, focusing on, in on, on the Hot in the Shade tour. But man, when you read them as an adult, it seems like some of the fans who were writing the stories were kind of a, kind of lunatics, following the bands everywhere, following the band everywhere, waiting outside the rooms going into the cafeteria, talking with them, almost harassing the band. But when you read it back in the day, it seemed so cool. But now I think when you're growing up, you, you see, you don't have that, um, you, you, you have something stops you from doing that. But, uh, but uh, they went all in. I mean, when they talk about this South American tour in 94, some of the fans there were rabid, but it's fun to read. And so I would like to give a shout out to those guys who spent such a 
a whole lot of time on those magazines because because they look kind of professional, and mm. uh, they went out of their way out of their way to 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 gather the news that we mm. really didn't get from any any other source. So that's one of my favorite memories. Yeah, and without that, one. I wouldn't have been able to do the original Kiss album focus because so much of that was just. Yeah, yeah. quotes mind out of all of the efforts that the likes of Nico or Ron Roxburgh or yeah. uh, mm-hmm. oh god I mean endless yeah. list of people I mean Ken, one of Ken Sharp's books was on fanzines which is a really great kind of tribute to the work those guys did you know, Van Pelt the Dutch guy who did Kiss Collector mm-hmm. so you know kudos to all those guys I totally agree with that nice of you to bring that up Ken, how about a final pick from you? Well, I'll do it quick. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, Daniel started talking about the, you know, that feeling of that you have before the show. And, and that would have been the first concert that I went to, uh, Dynasty, where I, I said it before, I, I, I felt sick to my stomach. <laughs> I, was just, I was so excited. I was just, uh, I don't know, overwhelmed that I was going to finally see them because back then I I hadn't seen, I don't even know if I had seen a snippet of them anywhere live uh, at all. Um, it was really the first experience of really, really seeing them in person and on stage because uh, I, I, I didn't know what to expect. I saw all the pictures with the fire and and them on stage with guitars, and then of course there's the live, live two, and so on. Um, but to actually be there and actually see it happen, um, yeah, I, I was really excited. <laughs> and though you know it's my first show, so it's a it's a major event. Finally getting to see them uh, for the very first time, and uh, you know I only had to, I had to wait a couple of years because I started getting into in '77, so it was just two years, but. It was November 79, um, and it was just, again, mind-blowing and, and fantastic and superhero-ish kind of stuff, um, which was cool, uh, and the effects and just the crowd. I, I don't know. I just I was just entranced the whole time on what was going on on stage and nothing else around me, really. I know people were, you know, I was with, uh, I think my one of my sisters and uh, and a, f- a few f- other friends, and I just remember, man, I just totally into it. So that was a huge experience that uh, I'll never forget. Um, and uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I've ever been that excited at least before something <laughs> like that. You know, um, that was pretty exciting. You don't have the urge to puke because you're so excited too often, huh? Yeah, I mean, I didn't even care that the line was went all the way around the freaking building. Yeah. <laughs> and then we were so far back. Uh, I didn't care. I mean, once we got in, uh, we got a pretty decent spot on the floor. That's the great thing about all these picks today is they're, they're really not anything that you can ever go back to. They're that those moments in time, they're kind of the 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 chapter bookmarks in your life story because they stand out for various reasons. And there's so many other ones with family and school and life and everything mm-hmm. that are yeah. those bookmarks as well. But these are the musical ones that go. I'm going to let Lonnie have the last pick uh, because it's his topic, but I'm going to do my final one first. 
and it's all about people. It's so easy to talk. You know, I could easily go and cop out and pick, you know, the Peter Chris Cat Club again, you know, in New York as one just because of everything that was wrapped up in that. But I really wanted to approach Lonnie's topic a little bit differently than I usually think about things. But I come back to the same thing, really, and it is people. The first time I ever attended a Kiss Expo was the Indianapolis Kiss Expo in 1999. Mm. I believe it was ESP that year. Um, but at that event, I was, I, I went kind of as a vendor. I, I, I get that in the following year mixed up because it's just a blur now, 20 years on. Um, but I was given my first interview opportunity at that expo. Uh, Keith Luru facilitated me interviewing Bruce Kulick in person as my first ever proper interview. So it's very special on that level. It was very special on the level of meeting people like Dale Sherman, you know, meeting fans and all of that, you know, congregating for the first time at an expo and seeing what what all of the magic was about that I'd heard about, that I'd read in fanzines, but actually getting to experience it. And that really was kind of towards the end of the heyday of the, the Kiss Expos before they kind of changed. Um, Lonnie, let's have your final pick, and then we'll just go into some board topics. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't say that the Kiss Cruise that I went on would be my would be another one because I got engaged on it. So if I if I didn't say that one, I think it would be pretty bad. So, um, you know, but I uh, I went on the second Kiss cruise and seeing the band unplugged, um, in, in that setting was was really cool. And and again, not knowing what they're gonna play, and you know. And, the crowd chanting Mr. Speed. Oh, well, we'll break in the Mr. Speed. That's like, man, that's really freaking cool. And again, like Deco what Julian said, it's not something that you can recreate, you know, and that's, it's a moment in time, things like that happen. And, you know, and they played, come on and love me. And they played every time I look at you, I'm just like, man, it's just fantastic. You know, things you would never, ever hear. And, um, and then getting up the next day and, and uh, going for a run, they had a little, little track on the on the boat and I you know went for a little run and uh you know played it as cool as I possibly could you know like like nothing was was up you know we're just boyfriend and girlfriend you know and talked her and somehow into going on the kiss cruise with me and went to um went to breakfast with some friends and I put out um on Facebook to multiple people that I knew that were going on the cruise like um the band Mr. Speed and Andrew was in the band at the time and I'd reached out to Joe and Keith, Joe and Rich and um, as well, and I know and I knew them from different Kiss expos and Kiss Indianapolis expos. And we'd hung out, you know, several years um, after the expos, and some of, and you know, reached out to Ron Buckley and a couple other friends of mine um, that were on the cruise and said, "Hey, this is I'm going to propose to her at 10 o'clock this morning. We're going to go to breakfast, and I'm just going to propose to her." I said, "And you know, if I could have some people there to." Um, to take some pictures, you know, to document it, that'd be awesome. And, and, and obviously everybody's like, yeah, absolutely. You know? And I, you know, wanted to do it at a time when there was nothing going on. So there wouldn't be a conflict, you know, like, well, I really don't want to do that because this band's playing at this time. So no, sorry, Lonnie, you know, and you can totally see it. So, um, so, you know, we went to breakfast and, and, um, 
I'm, you know, nervous, obviously. So I went and got a Bloody Mary, you know, had that. She looks at me like, okay, I guess we're starting early today. <laughs> but to calm myself down a little bit. And, um, you know, I just got, I finished eating and I just stood up and I said, attention, Kiss Navy. You know, my name is Lonnie Weissauer and I'm here on the Kiss Cruise with my girlfriend, Becky Ross. I go, stand up, Becky. And she looks at me like, what in the fuck are you doing? <laughs> And, you know, and I said, you know, said, you know, you know, you and I've been friends for a long time, blah, 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 got down on one knee and and proposed, you know, and it was it was really cool. And um, some friends of mine were able to take some really cool pictures of it, you know, you know, me talking and her look at me like, what are you doing? And and me down on one knee and her saying yes. It was it was really nice. Um, but it was and it was like obviously an experience I'll never forget. So and I I don't think I could make a list of favorite kiss events and, and not put that in there. So can, can you uh, pan the camera a little to the left so that we could see the shotgun pointing at your head? <laughs> she's not in this room. She was a second ago, but she's not in here. So, <laughs> so I, I, I can't make a list of kiss events without putting that in there. No. And, and what an awesome one that is. I mean, I, every time I went into the breakfast buffet, I was also very nervous and needed a Bloody Mary before touching any of that fucking food <laughs> right. as well. But, you know, for, a different, really <laughs> yeah, for, for, for a different reason. All right, let's hit some topics on the board here. There was actually one that kind of jumped out this week, obviously. It's uh, getting honest about the elder. And blah, 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 I'll just read the... Um, I think that people often claim to like the the elder much more than they actually do, as if it's an obligation as a passionate fan to defend such a notorious disaster. And I actually think that raises a valid point. Daniel, you mm -hmm. know, what's your take on that? Do you think people overcompensate with their opinion about an album like The Elder or Carnival of Souls just because they were essentially failures? What's your take on that topic? Well, we were going to try to keep this a positive episode. <laughs> it's kind of hard to, for me to talk about The Elder because I do think people tend to like, uh, you know, albums that didn't do so well because it's can at times be uh, kind of hip to do it. Uh, so, so I think I, there are people who, who, who give uh, the, the Elder more credit then it might deserve because of that. But then, of course, there's a whole lot of people that loves the other as well. Um, but for me, it was wrong from the get-go, you know. Um, the concept is so silly, uh, to me at least. Um, I, I know some of you guys talked about Wasp the other, uh, Wasp the other day, and they made a... a, a great sort of concept album i think in 92 maybe 93 somewhere around there um what was it called the idol the uh crimson the, idol the crimson idol which yeah. will be our next crimson episode idol. actually okay i have to see watch yeah. that one because that's an awesome album and uh, the uh, theme or the concept is kind of cool and and doesn't feel so far off as the concept of the elder i mean just looking at the lyrics, I actually did a thing today that I haven't done for a long time. I, I, I ride my bicycle to, to work every day just to get, you know, uh, get my uh, daily workout. And uh, uh, today I listened to The Elder. And it, man, it was a long way to work today. Man, it, was, it took forever. Uh, but I listened through all of it. 
from from uh, first song to the last one, and I haven't done that for a long time. And what struck me was um, the problem with the lyrics. Uh, I haven't really thought about that so much because there's a whole lot of words in there that has nothing to do with Kiss for me. You know, like prophecy, uh, will you sacrifice from a far off galaxy? Well, maybe that's Ace could have written something like that, but uh, enchanted place, lost in the mist. I mean, what the hell are they talking about it's <laughs> terrible to me i always have to say that but uh, uh when but when you compare it with wasps album i mean you could pick any song from that album and put it on another wasp album and it would still work i mean if you pick like the crimson idol chainsaw charlie uh yeah what are they dr rocker is a good one as well you could put them even on the first album and they would totally rock Imagine taking like Odyssey or Fanfare or Escape from the Island, putting them on Revenge or, or, or another album. It wouldn't really work. But but you have to uh, admit that Kiss has done a lot of different albums. But to me, this one, it's a real stinker. And I do think people give it a whole lot more credit than it deserves. I think that would have been the most epic troll of all time had the very first notes to the Revenge album have been a reprise of Fanfare. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been just too good a troll. Ken, what's your take on that? Yeah, I understand where there are people that I feel obligated because they're just a big, you know, Kiss fan, and you know, everything they do is great. But you know, I I enjoyed the album. I mean, I I, I swear though, you know, when I first heard, uh, you know, the Oath, and then it then it kicked into yeah, fanfare. Uh, I was kind of like, all right, something's going going on different here. This is interesting, is and uh, but uh, you know. Uh, I enjoyed the song, Just a Boy. I thought, you know, that's, it's a good, nice song, good me- melody. And then Only You, which something could have maybe, uh, you know, Gene could have done on a solo album, which I also like. Uh, I really love the Gene Simmons solo album. So uh, I I listened to that album a lot. I really did. Even, you know, I listened to it more than unmasked um for instance uh it was different but i thought it was kind of a cool thing and i enjoyed all the songs uh i thought it was a solid album even though it was not a kiss you know pigeonholed kiss style rock and roll type album yeah it was a concept album it was uh somewhat progressive album right so I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I always, I don't know what it is on my list, but it's not at the bottom. It's probably in the, might be around 10 or something, um, you know, about halfway. Um, but I, I do, I do listen to it still. Um, and, uh, you know, it even got an, to me, it still had an anthem on it with I, uh, which is a great song. So I, I enjoy it. It's different. It was a nice, <laughs> one of those left, left turns that we've talked about before. Um, I like it better than, you know, Hot, hot in the Shade and other stuff like that and Carnival Souls. Um, 
I, I don't stand up for Carnival Souls. I like some of it. I like mostly Gene stuff on there too, but uh, it is what it is. But yeah, I, I understand that there are people out there that they just feel obligated. Yeah, you know, th- they didn't like it when they first listened to it, but that's the way with some other music too. I may have not liked something. I know I know for a fact that I've gone back and listened to the other music that I thought was crap back in the 70s, for instance. And then now I listen to it like, you know what? This is actually pretty good. So you can change your, your tune to your, your, your taste in music as you yeah. grow older. Yeah. I just have to add quickly, I do understand why Ken likes the album because when I listen to it t- today, uh, Gene's vocals are stunning at times and real reminiscent of the solo album stuff. I wrote exactly. it here when I listened yeah. and... Uh, uh to me but to me the songs just aren't there but but i do understand if you like the gene simmons solo album i guess there are three four songs that you really like from gene on this one so i Mm -hmm. I do understand that point yeah absolutely well talking about being a passionate fan to descend to defend a notorious disaster something that lonnie knows about as a sports fan um wow out of nowhere Oh, man. Uh, what, do you, what do you think I, about? I'm uh, on cloud nine right here. We got a quarterback. And you're still taking shots at me. <laughs> might, might as well, all I can, you know. There, <laughs> you know, it's it's all fair. So, you know, how do you think that that works with the um, the elder view? You know, I I have a I kind of have a problem with with Kiss. You know, and we all know a Kiss fan who loves everything that they've ever put out. You know, who's you know, every Kiss album is his favorite Kiss album. And Kiss never made a bad song. And if if Kiss will buy anything that has a Kiss, it's the same guy that will buy anything that has a Kiss logo on it. And his name's Andy and he lives in Boston. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's the super Aerosmith fan. you got to remember that. Right. Oh. But, but we all know a guy like that. Who, if Kiss put out Kiss dog shit, he'd buy Kiss dog shit because it has a Kiss logo on it. And we we all know a guy like that, and you know that's not being objective. You you know, not every Kiss album is my favorite Kiss album. And while The Elder is not my least favorite Kiss album, it's in it's probably in my bottom bottom third. You know, if I would put a, a top third, a middle third, a bottom third, it'd be in my bottom third probably. It's not my least favorite. I'm I'm with Ken. Hot in the Shade is is a pile of garbage next to next to The Elder, but. You know, but I, I I do have a problem with the people who try to try to build up that maybe not necessarily Elder because I I do like certain things on the Elder. Is the Elder the Elder's a good album and they they, they often say it's it's a good album but maybe not a good Kiss album because it really doesn't fit in with you know the concepts that you get out of your standard or typical Kiss album. Again, like what what Daniel was saying about prophecy and this and that. Like, no, put your hand in my pocket, grab onto my rocket. That's a Kiss album. You know that this other kind of nonsense that they were trying to make themselves seem smarter than they, what they really were in 1981. So, you know, I, I don't have a problem with the elder. I think it's a fine album, maybe not the greatest kiss album, but it's fine. And, and it's fun. And it's fun to listen to every once in a while, just the, just to listen to it. And like, yeah, it's a, such a left turn from where they were. And then where they went in 1982 with creatures of the night. It's so, standalone and, and and different from everything else they've ever done. But I don't think you need to prop it up on a pedestal and 
you know, make it make it something that it's not. Anyway. Okay. Julian's bored. He's playing with his background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't really have a response to that. I, I think it's a natural human thing that sometimes when thinking something is unpopular, there's always a contrary person who set, who has to overcompensate for that and then make that their, you know, their, their favorite thing. Because I wasn't there in 81 and because my interaction with the Elder was the re- result of a quest, um, you know, I, I don't think I can really answer that question myself. I, I just don't think it's something that I can even apply an opinion for because, you know, I do happen to like some pretty unpopular albums in the KISS catalog um, and that I just put down to different taste rather than overcompensating. The Elder, though, is a completely different beast because it was at a time in the band's history um, where many questionable things were happening. So I think ultimately it doesn't matter. I think there's probably a certain amount of validity in the statement. But again, who cares? You know, it's just an album. So, you know, whatever is is my thought on that. Um, I don't want to go into these other topics today. I want to save those for when we have, have more time to give them, you know, a bit more thought and justice because Lonnie's topic took much longer than I thought it would. Um, so well done. You, Thanks. I, you exceeded my expectations. <laughs> you no. set the bar low. It's not that hard. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm actually very shocked. You know, I often think that these are similar to topics that we've done before, but mm-hmm. we approach them in different ways, um, even though they are similar. Now Ken's getting in on the Ken's action. Yeah, these, these, these shows are going to get interesting now that everyone, someone's definitely going to be lining up some very inappropriate images to be <laughs> flashing up on their screen. I can just see that happening. But let's leave that there for this week. That's plenty of discussion for you to ponder. We want you to chime in with your thoughts and opinions on what we've said, what you think are the correct answers or opinions. Tell us how we're wrong. Tell us how Ken's right. Um, <laughs> tell us how Lonnie's team's going to do, you know, <laughs> if anyone, any of these teams actually have, get to play a game. If there is a season. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, for now, from Daniel, from Lonnie, from Ken and myself, thank you for joining us. And yes, the next episode of the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast, which I think we're doing next week, will be another Wasp Chat, and it will be the Crimson Idol. If you've managed to check out our previous two, they're just, you know, Andy's wanted to talk about Wasp for a long time. And it's just a good opportunity to bring some new faces on. And any of these guys are welcome to talk about any of these albums if any of them grab their fancy. But do join us, check it out, and until then, we shall see you next time. So thanks for joining us. Take care. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.